First, I want to say happy Mother's Day to um, each of you and include it in part of the message. I'm not sure of the exact title that I'm going to put on this message today, but I think it's going to be Lessons from a Single Mother. Lessons from a Single Mother. And we're going to turn to 1 Kings chapter 17 for our scripture. 1 Kings chapter 17. And let me uh, turn there myself. And as we're turning there, I want to kind of give you a little bit of the back story of what's going on. If you were to read in the, the beginning part of chapter 17, you find Elijah had just told Ahab that there would be no dew nor rain these years except at my word. No dew or rain these years except by, at my word. So basically, there's going to be a drought. There's not going to be wor- uh, water. There's not going to be anything uh, that can be found uh, as far as water. Things would have to be what's already in the ponds, in the things that are in the brooks, the things that are running, but no dew nor rain. Now that would be a very trying time. And if we look at in that same passage of Scripture, we'll see that Elijah was sustained by ravens near the brook Cherith, if I pronounced that correctly. And we'll find those in verses 1 through 8. But see, that brook then, in verse 7, it dried up. And so now... Elijah's in the need of food. And so that's where we enter the story. This is where we'll eat, meet that single mom. She's a widow. She has a son. I don't know what age the son is, but we'll look in the story. And then if we look in the story, we'll find that at some point, it's, it's, the son's at, the, at, at a size that can be carried. So I don't know how old that might be, but it clearly wasn't an adult son. It was a child. Let's begin with verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called her and said, Please, bring me a little water and a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, and a little oil in a jar, and see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first. And bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and your son. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day of the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according 
to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. May God his blessing to the reading of his word. So Elijah goes, he says, the Lord, and in obedience to the to Lord, and he goes and he, and he finds this woman. He asks her for something to drink, she's going to get that, and he says, uh, oh, by the way, make me a small cake. And what does she say? She says, well, I'm just, I've just got just a little bit. Clearly it was a little bit, it was enough, she felt, for her, her son and her to eat, and, but Elijah wanted some. And Elijah didn't, didn't just say, hey, go get it for me. He says, go make it for me first. Before God has promised that it won't run out. The bin of flour shall not be used up, verse 14, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day of the Lord sends rain on the earth. God has sent someone to help her in her midst of crisis. She had kind of resigned herself that I'm, I'm going to make this last meal for us. This is all we have. I don't know where anything else is coming. I don't know how we're going to, to make this through, but this is all I can do. And then this man of God shows up and says, hey, go make some for me first. Make it for me first, because the Lord says that you won't run out. Now that would be a very peculiar situation, wouldn't it? Can you imagine, for some of you, it's, it, it's, it might be harder to imagine, for some, easier to imagine, going to the cupboards to get some food and there's nothing there. You can't go to the store and get any because there's no money to do that. You can't make any adjustments. You know you got enough food for one meal. And somebody knocks on the door and says, hey, Got some water? Oh, and by the way, can I have a can I have a, some bread, a sandwich, something like that? Because God has promised that you will never run out, but you need to give it to me first. That's quite a situation. Because either you've done what you've you thought you could do, the only thing that you can see is at least get through this meal and see what the next thing holds. And if he would have says, hey, go ahead, feed us. you guys eat your meal, and I'm here to tell you that God is going to provide for you. That would have been easier to accept, wouldn't it? Go ahead and eat your, the meal. I know you don't have a lot of groceries and things like that, but I'm telling you that after you eat your last meal that God's going to provide for you. I hope you have a blessed day, and then he leaves. But that's not what he said. He says, God is going to provide for you, but you need to give what you've got to me first. Okay, that's a whole other thing. 
The hope I had was at least get one more meal and my son would get one more meal, but you're saying don't even do that? I've got to trust first? So it's one thing for me to keep what I've got and then trust God for the next thing, but you want me to give you what I've got in my hand and trust you for the now. Trust you for the now. So if she had disobeyed or not taken that route, they would have had one meal. But what happened here? What happened here? By surrendering, by surrendering, her son and her had enough food. But she had to surrender first. She had to surrender first. So that's lesson number one is, by surrendering, her and her son were saved. But she had to surrender first. It takes a little bit more faith. This is all I got. Well, you give it to me that, and I'll make sure that you've got, you're taken care of after, after that. Well, how about I eat what I've got, and then you take care of me after that? Surrender first. And then you're not going to run out. Do you trust what is in front of you and what you can figure out on how you're going to make the best of a bad situation? Or do you surrender to God and see what solution he's going to provide for you? Wow, that's kind of hard, isn't it? Now, I don't know about you, but I'm one to try to plan things out and rationalize things out. And, you know, it takes a little bit more faith when you don't know all the next steps. It takes a little much faith when you're trying to figure out, hey, I need a job. And you're trying to... Move things around. Not that you shouldn't be active, because she still needed to be involved. She still needed to serve, right? And it takes a little bit of faith when you're trying to figure out, okay, I'm, I want to live in a, I need to buy a house, or I want to live in a house, I want to find a house, or, hey, we want to have a baby. How do we make that happen? Because the things aren't working the way we want them to work. It's not in the time that I want. And so I'm trying to manipulate my work or I'm trying to manipulate my job finding and trying to manipulate my having a baby or deciding who to marry. or my. I'm doing a lot of these manipulations and then praying to God afterwards, but maybe it's, okay, God, I'm going to surrender first. And then I'm going to see how you're going to supply I'm just going to say, okay, God, here's what I've got. I'm going to surrender what I've got and see how you're going to supply. See, God made the little that she had sufficient. 
God made the little that she had sufficient. Elijah didn't come in there rolling in with big barrels or big sack of flour or whatever. He didn't, he didn't come in there with a big jar of oil and say, oh, here it is. He can come in with a bountiful supply. What he promised was that the bountiful supply will be that you will have enough for each day. You will have enough for each day. You will have enough for this particular problem. It's kind of like the manna that's come. They weren't supposed to gather too much. They just had enough for each day. And in having enough for each day, can you imagine that first day? I, I, she went back, she had that little bit, and she, she gave it to Elijah. Then she would have went back, and, and she would have made some for her and her son. It's like, there's enough there. But can you imagine waking up that next day, that next morning, you're getting ready for the next meal, and you've kind of been restless all night long. All right, we got that one meal. And then you wake up, and, and you go over, and you're going over to this barrel that's got the, or this jar, or whatever it is, that's got the, the flour, or the meal, or whatever in it. And you go over, can you feel her heart? She goes, and she peeks in there, and there's just enough for one more meal. And she goes over, and she found the jar of oil on the counter, or wherever it might be, and there's just enough for one more meal. And then the next day, she's, she goes back and... Or maybe the next meal, she goes back and there's like... Yeah, there's enough for one more meal. Same with the oil. And then as each day progresses, and depending on God, there's enough for one more meal. The next thing, she just... It's like turning on the spigot or flipping the light switch on. You know, the first time the plumber hooks together the plumbing or first time you install that light switch, you're like, is this going to work? Maybe you've never installed plumbing before and you've seen the whole stories, you just, you're worried it's going to leak and go everywhere. And maybe she's got that same trepidation, but after a while, it's like, oh, I'll just turn the light switch. You know, it only comes on. Oh, the bulb might be burnt, but other than that, I, I just, no big deal. Just flip on the water. There's water. Getting to the point that there's just enough. There's just enough. And then just relaxing on before, it was so stressful. How am I going to have food for the next 30 days? How am I going to have food for the next two months? How am I going to have food for... And it's like, I have food because the food's always there because God puts it there. So I don't need to worry about it. Just go on. That kind of faith. Just to kind of rest in it. And it might be, I can't figure out all these next steps. I can't figure out all that stuff I'm going to be... And, and I'm trying to, and then this has, and then that has to happen, and then this has to happen, and then, you know what? What if I just let God handle it? I'm still engaged.
but sufficiency. Having the faith that sufficiency and just enough is okay. So, point one was by surrendering her, by surrendering, her and her son were saved. On reflection then, it says, have you surrendered your life? Have you surrendered your situation so that God might? Second thing is, That just enough, having just enough all the time, is enough when it comes from God. Having just enough all the time is enough when it comes from God. She didn't have, she had enough. She didn't have too much. Takes a little bit more faith. There was no plan of abundance. It was a plan of sufficiency for the remainder of the drought. Which takes more faith? Walking in abundance or walking in sufficiency? The third lesson we can learn from this is sometimes God's plan is enjoying God supplying for each day your daily bread. A daily sufficiency on his terms. I know it's very similar to point two, but enjoying it. You know, you may not do this, but I try to pray for every meal. I'm told the Reverend Hinkle, who started several churches in our denomination, including the one in Quincy, would thank the Lord for the water that he would drink out of the tap. But we ask God and we thank God for the food because sometimes we can get complacent in, I went over and there's enough meal in there. There's enough oil. God just always, there's enough meal, there's enough oil. But that doesn't mean that God, it's not God still supplying, right? We should be thankful. We should praise Him in that. We should recognize them. And that should bring us joy. And that should bring us comfort. And we can find peace there. Isn't it a comfort to know that you come in and you it's cold outside and you know that there's going to be heat. Or it's hot outside and you know it's going to be cool. Just to be home and those things that you know are going to be there. Doesn't that bring you joy and comfort? We should have that same kind of joy and comfort even in the living in the sufficiency of God, not in the abundance. There's abundance. There'll be abundance in heaven. But we have to trust God in the just enough daily as well. So surrender. Surrender. But she still had to serve. Don't disengage. If 
but relax in the fact that God has it. That just enough is enough with God. And trust God for just enough daily and relax there. Find peace there. See, we don't want to miss the moments to walk with God in the now. Don't miss the moments to walk with God in the now. See, God opens us up to see reliance on Him and what He can do, but if we handle everything, then we don't realize what He can do. What He can do. See, if you kept reading in this chapter, you'll find out that that young boy died. And Elijah prayed. And God brought him back to life. And if you look on to and talk to Elisha, who followed after Elijah, you talk about Elisha. There was someone that needed some food, some oil. Same time, her son also died, and again, God provided. There's some miraculous things that God can do. And we need to recognize that the sufficiency that he gives us in giving things daily is something that we should celebrate, something that should give us peace. And so in the title of this message that we talked about, Lessons from a Single Mother, and whether you're a single mother or married with children or not married and have no children, as we go through the challenges of life, we can find this peace in sufficiency. We can find peace in surrender. We can find peace and enjoyment in celebrating walking with God in the now. First thing, letting the thoughts of the future destroy the peace and relationship that we can have right now. So on this Mother's Day, may mothers especially be encouraged as they try to figure out how to wrangle things together, which they often do, to make things work out, to make things get by, to figure out how to get through the problems the children and those are having. And may we all, too, learn to trust in God and learn these lessons from this woman that gave the morsel of bread to Elijah first. Let's be standing together. Lord, may we be encouraged today to trust you in all things. May we encourage today to recognize that as you supply where we are at, that in that sufficiency, that there's security because we're trusting in you. And Lord, sometimes you have us involved in a structured approach and a planning approach, but sometimes, Lord, we try to figure too much out on our own. And may we surrender Give it to you so that we might enjoy the moments of peace that you have for us. 
Come on to me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. May we find comfort and peace in the sufficiency and realize that the sufficiency is actually abundance in the long run because it supplies for each day. It's not one barrel of food for the next week. It's enough for each day for help us to trust more in you so that we might enjoy our walk with you. And may we not forget to praise you. Bless us now, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.